everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Gestational Diabetic. I am your host, Tracy Houston, and we are here to inform you and empower you so that you can be a confident member of your healthcare team. Today, I am talking to Gwen of The Nutritionist and Nurse. She is a registered nurse and also a nutritionist, and she is a certified diabetes coach. I know Gwen because I follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram account, she's always giving great tips for how to manage your glucose and just get by through the the day-to-day. I asked her to come on so that she can talk to us about eating our water because, you know, as a pregnant woman, you're supposed to be drinking so much water a day to remain hydrated, keep the baby healthy, and to keep your glucose down. And so I I asked her to come on so that she could give us some insight into just how we can get water into our system without having to drink literally 100 ounces as recommended per day. As a reminder, this information is not medical advice. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical condition, but it is helpful. And if you do find this information helpful, by all means, please share it with your healthcare team. Hi, Gwen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please start us off by telling us who you are and what you do? Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, So my name is Gwen. Uh, I'm a nurse. I am also certified in diabetes and a nutrition coach. And what I do is I help people create healthier lifestyles that they can afford and that they can sustain. Ah, nice. So I guess that would be like with grocery shopping? Grocery shopping, tips and tricks in the kitchen, mindset. Um, learning how to feel more comfortable, not only uh, with their illness, but learning to feel comfortable with letting people such as their family and their friends, their workplace know, because all of that plays a part in their success. Right. Yeah. I know. I know in the Facebook groups for gestational diabetes, a lot, very often it's commented how you know, they don't want to tell their family members or their workplace or something like that. Or if they did, then they're having the pushback and they're having criticism and all kinds of stuff. And um, I know that that is, it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do. You know, like we shouldn't get that type of pushback because it is what it is, you know, but you know, it's a hard thing. And because of that, it's a hard thing for, for us to do. Yeah, I think society um, sort of deems, you know, what is accurate or what's supposed to be good. And they don't realize as a whole that everybody is not the same. So when we own ourselves and we are okay with that, you know, then we can say, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm a gestational diabetic. And you can support me by, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, people ask for support in so many ways, but what would it be like to actually support a woman that's pregnant and also has found out she's a diabetic, right? Right. That's a lot of stress on her. Just being, you know, pregnant is a lot of stress. So, and then to add the diagnosis of diabetes and that you may have to take insulin, it's even more stress. So why not be kind um, to someone and say, hey, I can support you this way. 
uh, and it's not going to hurt. It's going to help. Right. Yeah, I know. I wish there was a way to just kind of reach out to all the supporting members or, you know, everyone's circle so that we, there could be some kind of direct dialogue with them, but that's pretty hard to do, at least in my mind, how I conceptualize it. So um, we, like you said, we have to own ourselves and be okay with what's going on and say, this is how you can help me. This is how you can support me. So that's great. So that's what you do as a diabetes coach. And that's interesting because before you, I didn't know that there was a such thing as a diabetes coach because I thought it was just, um, what is it? A CD, a certified diabetes educator. And that was the only role to play in diabetic education or in mm -hmm. any, anything in the diabetic mm -hmm. world outside of a dietitian and all that. So um, that's awesome. How, how did you end up becoming a coach for diabetes? So as, um, well, it's a little family history. So I have had over 20 persons in my family succumb to diabetes and comorbidities, mm. right? Wow. Um, my mom was pre-diagnosed while I was in school and I was like, no, this is not going to happen to her. And I was a little bit, you know, under stress and a little overweight. So you know, automatically they considered me a pre-diabetic and I was like, not having it. So then I started to learn. I started to take classes. I found out that I could get certified um, as a paraprofessional uh, being a nurse. And I just sort of ran with it. Um, mm -hmm. I took other certifications. Uh, when I moved to Texas, I actually got certified in chronic illness as well. So I was like, okay. I'm a coach now. I'm a diabetes coach. And in healthcare, when you find, you, you know, you have a doctor, you have the nurses, you have the uh, pr practitioners, you have the physician's assistants, but who's actually going to hold that patient's hands during right. the process? You know, you can have a doula that's good, but then you have a diabetes coach um, that is going to fight for you harder than anybody's business because we want to see what you want. We want your goal. We want that glucose to be at a controllable level. We want you to enjoy your life. Um, and we want you not only to enjoy your life, but to enjoy the life that's about to come to you, um, your child. So that's how I got into it. Um, I love doing it because I see so many people and talk to so many people and whether they're my client or not, they always say, Hey, I saw that tip where I, I listened to what you said and it helped me out. And that's what it's about, you know, yeah. giving people access to things that the doctor uh, may not give them. And even nutritionists, you know, they play a role most definitely in diabetes, but as you see, you know, um, they don't, in my personal opinion, um, and I'm talking about registered dietitians, um, I don't think all of them do as much as they could do with it. No disrespect mm -hmm. to them. But uh, I think they're, now that there's a lot of coaches out, I think they're taking it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, not, as, not to say that I have... I don't have diabetes. I had gestational diabetes and mm -hmm. my glucose is fine now. But I notice in healthcare, and my degree is also in healthcare admin, I notice in healthcare that 
uh, in the clinical world, you know, you're seeing your patients and they're in and out. And I mean, there is a very high demand. You know, we only have so many practitioners, so many educators or and all that. So when it comes to coaching, this new wave of coaches coming through, I was very curious to see how it was going to play out. And I think it's been a wonderful benefit for so many because yeah, when you go to a doctor's office or to a dietitian, they're having to meet uh, appointment times, you know, but when you mm -hmm. have a coach, you, that is, that's that personalized care that, you know, really takes the time to hear you, to listen to you, to, um, to know what your goals are and kind of just be that one-on-one -on -one to help you reach your goal. So mm -hmm. I'm, um, I was grateful for, I know it sounds real weird or cheesy, but I was grateful literally for the world. Like when, uh, you told me about a diabetes coach, because I think that's just awesome. And especially considering how widespread diabetes is in the United States. My me. goodness. It, so one out of every five persons per the CDC is diagnosed with some type of diabetes. Wow. One out of every three persons in the United States per the CDC is a pre-diabetic, diagnosed or undiagnosed. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't find out until something happens or we get tired of living with the signs and symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it hurts me when I see some of the people that I know eat the way that they do. And it's only because I'm not trying, I'm not judging them at all. It's, I see what you're eating and I know what it's leading to, you know, mm -hmm. and um, especially now that I'm in this diabetes educating type world, you know, I know more now than I did. And I just, I'm fearful for them because what do they call it? They say diabetes is what a, um, a disease of complications. So, so diabetes, number one, I consider it to be a socioeconomic disease. You, it, when you look at the people that it affects the most, those are the persons that live in areas where food markets are not close, right? Yes. And if there is, if it is close, you have um, produce or the, the foods that you really need to eat to stay healthy, they're overpriced. Yes. Then they don't have access to proper health care. They don't have access to proper wellness care. Mm -hmm. Diabetes not only is a disease of um, metabolism or your pancreas, if you are uh, type one or liver, because that's where, you know, we process everything. Yes. But every body system so your skin which is your largest organ we have our eyes diabetes affects that diabetes can affect your cardiovascular system for sure um and even your respiratory system so and our genitalia as well some wow. people don't find out that they have diabetes until for women they have ongoing, highly recurrent yeast infections. For men, sometimes they find out that they have a wound under their testicle and it is from diabetes, high blood sugar. Wow. That it, yeah. I've never, I didn't know that. And I can, yeah. man, 
I, I feel so bad for the guys, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't well, know if that happens to females too. So, so, I mean, with the yeast infection once, and even with the, of course they're treated with medical management, but at the same time, when the glucose becomes under control, then they start healing. You can't yeah. heal with high blood sugar. You just, right. it doesn't work that way. And you know, real quick for anyone listening, I know it sounds scary and by all means, the, the intent is not to scare you into managing glucose or whatever. It's just, we're, we're trying to educate, to bring awareness because the statistics Gwen just gave, she said one in five have some type of diabetes and one in three are either diagnosed or undiagnosed with prediabetes. So, and that's just in the United States, you know, so it has a lot to do with our culture, what we're eating, our access to, like she said, to our foods and to healthcare. And we want to prevent this disease from continuing to grow at such a rapid rate because it's just crazy. And excuse me, like she said, it affects so many things in the rest of your body. That's why I believe it was a diabetes educator that I was speaking to. And he said, he called it a disease of complications because a lot of people didn't realize that they had it until they started having complications all over their body, you know, Absolutely. and being a gestational diabetic, I believe it's one, oh, geez, the statistic just left me. I forget. I will put it in the notes, uh, the statistic of how many people go on to develop type two diabetes within five years and then within 10 years. In fact, I think... I want to say it's 70% of women develop type two within five years of labor. So. That's very true. And, and I might I add that sometimes the women that have gestational diabetes, that they wind up being, becoming brittle diabetics. What, what is um, that? Brittle. So your body does not accept the fact that you have diabetes and you can run high, you can run low. So it's almost like you're on a seesaw between type mm -hmm. one and type two. Interesting. Yes. I would and that's imagine. after birth. That's, uh -huh. you know, within that five year, five to seven year period. Does that make it even more difficult to manage your sugars? Being yes. a brittle diabetic? Okay. Yes. Wow. You have to, you know, what, anytime you have a diagnosis such as diabetes or prediabetes, um, you don't, you know, I know everybody says that you can reverse diabetes. I'm not saying that you can't reverse diabetes. What I'm saying is that things go, can go into remission, right? So if it showed up while you were pregnant, just like if a woman um, goes through menopause, some things might show up. They might not stay, but they will reappear later on in life. Mm. It, it, it's just one of those things. It's like a warning sign. So what can we do? to stay healthy as possible, eat correctly, get the proper fluids that we need, um, and do our utmost to avoid that diagnosis. And gestational diabetes, even though the mom has to go through, you know, being a diabetic and possibly taking insulin during her pregnancy, and even as with a pre-diabetic, you know, not taking insulin, but usually are prescribed metformin. When you go through this process, it's hard to accept, but you're learning how to eat, you're learning how to activities and all about things to stay healthy. You're learning lifestyle changes. 
So how can you formulate in your mind, okay, this is my new way of living. Living. How can I continue this after? Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with this later. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I like your Instagram account because you do give tips Thank like you. very yeah, very practical and it you know, I think a lot of people are scared and even intimidated because and, you know, even even discouraged from making that change because it seems like it has to be this huge uh, life altering thing where mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you stop one living your life one way and then you go on to uh, living it another way. And that is what I know for me, especially when I have a big task in front of me. Oh, I procrastinate. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I do not want to do it. But if I break it down and look at it as being something small, little itty bitty pieces, it mm -hmm. becomes much more manageable in my mind. And then mm -hmm. I'm able to implement it. And so I would imagine that's how it is, especially since food, when we eat, it's it's an emotional thing. You know, we have a, we have a relationship with food. And so having to change that mm. man to think, Oh, now I have to eat salads all day long. You know, that's what, that's a normal thought. And that's not how it has to be. And it doesn't, I mean, you know, I made a salad for lunch, but I don't have to eat salads all day. I don't yeah. eat salads all day, every day. No one should. That's, that's mm -hmm. not a healthy thing. I mean, I think you have to, I believe, I'm not going to say I think, I believe you have to find your happy place. You have to find your balance and you have to practice it and you have to live it. And again, you have to make your community, your support system aware, hey, I'm a diabetic. And I don't know if you saw my page, but I had posted, no one asks to be a diabetic. No one. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So help me out here. I'm trying, you know, but I need some assistance. And when we have supportive care, you know, yes. and that's where health coaches come in and advocates come in. When we have that care, we see higher rates of success in patients. We see, you know, longevity in patients and patients and people are more willing to push, you know, I, I always do my best to congratulate people. Mm. Even if their hemoglobin A1C, say it was 16 and it went down to 10. Right. Bravo, because you did Absolutely. something yeah. to get that thing to drop, you know, yeah. and actually for this month, um, on my Insta account, I'm just, we're slaying glucose, we're slaying sugar. So yeah. I'm just going to be popping all types of tips and uh, got some freebies and everything coming up. Um, so please, you know, stay tuned. Um, yeah, we'll link to that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, so we came on here to talk about water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got totally uh, on a different subject. Yeah. So, okay. I The reason I asked Gwen to come on was because as I was following her account, she posted this infographic or um, I don't know, just some post and it said, eat your water. And it was um, an aha moment for me because, you know, as pregnant women, you're recommended, it's recommended to drink about 100 ounces of water a day. And that just seems so unreal when you're thinking about eating meals, especially being a gestational diabetic, eating 
uh, meals and snacks, you know, you, you don't have room for all of that. And then um, Gwen mentioned earlier before we, we started recording that, plus the baby's sitting on your bladder, you know, <laughs> and we're all, you're already complaining about getting up in the middle of the night to pee, you know, and that's not even drinking a hundred ounces a day. So um, Gwen, please talk to us about how we can eat our water. So how can we eat our water? Um, and it's really simplistic. We look at the fruits and the vegetables that are basically water. So lettuce, berries, right? Yeah. Oranges, blueberries, raspberries, um, romaine lettuce. There are so many foods, produce-wise, their content is 80 to 90% water. So if you get your proper serving of fruits and vegetables during the day, you are also drinking or eating your water. Um, it's hard for myself to drink water. Cause I mean, literally right now, water, water. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for myself to drink as much water as I need to. Um, mm -hmm. But we have to. So yeah. Hence, I will eat a salad. Um, I will eat oranges or the little clementines throughout the day. I will take a handful of blueberries. I will eat, you know, strawberries, you know, mangoes, celery. Now, celery and grapefruit is a little iffy because if a person is on high blood pressure medication, then they can't have those. But um, mm. all those gorgeous fruits. Yeah. And vegetables have water content in them. So we can either eat more mm -hmm. or we can drink. <laughs> yeah. drink it. And it's easy to eat. I mean, who doesn't snack throughout the day? You know, yeah. you, it's easy to, you know, take some blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, you know, mango, passion fruit, whatever, and mm -hmm. eat your water. Yeah. Um as you're speaking, I'm trying to think of some of the recommended or maybe some of the most uh, eaten snacks in the gestational diabetic community. Community, And I'm thinking, I know cucumbers are pretty much all water. Mm -hmm. yes. So like cucumbers and tzatziki or maybe, um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, cucumbers and hummus type mm -hmm. thing. Because, um, you know, we want to pair our proteins and or our carbs with our proteins mm -hmm. oh and you know i was always surprised when i would eat a tomato because a tomato would fill me up but i would mm -hmm. you know i would the way we do it i'm from new orleans we would slice up a tomato put some salt and pepper on it and then um maybe eat it with a cracker or something like that but mm -hmm. i would always be so full afterward and i never understood why until i realized that tomatoes had so much water in them mm -hmm. yeah so, absolutely so there are plenty of fruits and vegetables that we can be getting our water from. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to water and diabetes, how do they interact? Like what, what's the benefit? So water is a vehicle. Water, our bodies are compromised of like 80 to 90% of water. Um, our cells thrive from water. So water is the vehicle to push things out. Water is a part of our filtration system. So we can help our bodies get the extra blood sugar out 
by drinking water. And I'm not telling anybody to drink water in excessiveness because you can get sick from drinking too much water too. But everything in moderation. Um, you may, again, go to the bathroom a little bit more, but you are pushing out that extra sugar that you have in your blood by drinking water. And you're staying hydrated as well. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you know anything about uh, the temperature of water? Because I vaguely remember um, a fitness professional years ago, they were talking about they didn't want um, their client to drink cold water because it burned their metabolism faster, faster or something like that. Does that matter in this scenario? So I encourage people to drink water room temperature. I never did any research about the metabolism, but I do know sometimes drinking like ice cold water can cause you stomach cramps, you know? Um, So that's my rationale for it. Gotcha. Okay. Is there anything, um, anything else you wanted to mention? Um, I'm going to suggest that your viewers, your listeners, they can always visit the American Diabetes Association online. And I know, you know, people say, oh, I don't like blah, 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 blah. But they do have resources on there. Um, if you can't find what you need um, from your physician, and they also have a 1-800 number, they can also reach out to me. Um, but you can have a happy, healthy, and successful and safe pregnancy as a gestational diabetic. It's a huge diagnosis. Um, You're focused on the baby and just getting through the pregnancy, but you can maintain your glucose levels to normal ranges, just de-stress. Only do what you can um, and you're doing your best. It's not a race, it's just having a a healthy and happy mom and a happy and healthy baby and having a safe pregnancy. So um, congratulations, moms. Um, And I look forward to seeing baby pics of happy, healthy babies. Yeah. So yeah, so they can reach out to you if they need some additional support. Yeah, sure. Okay. And uh, like I said, we will definitely link to Gwen's Instagram. Is there any other place? Are you on Facebook? Where can they find you? So I am on Facebook, the nutritionist and nurse. Um, And I also have a other, another group called kick the glucose, but I'll be like really working in that more towards November. Um, I am on LinkedIn, but not too active, but Facebook and Instagram uh, would be the best. Okay. Sounds good. And then tell us maybe what are two snacks that you've been enjoying lately? Lately, Um, Black olives, for whatever reason. I hated them as a child. Yes. But now I love them. Yeah, me too. Um, And I have actually been eating um, like mussels, like two or three times a week. I know mussels have protein. I don't eat meat. So um, I've been eating those. I know it's not the healthiest thing to eat from the sea. But um, I've been eating that always peanut butter every day. Um, And I make a dip uh, like three times a week with avocados, black beans, um, and tomatoes. And I add a little balsamic vinaigrette to it. And Mm -hmm. I use, I do that with the blue chips. Um, 
or sometimes I might, you know, feel luxurious and go get me some sweet potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, no, it, that's, that's go what ahead, I'm sorry. On. That's okay. what I snack on. The you said it's a dip, so you actually like blend it together. You don't just chop it up and leave it as like a salsa. No, I never thought about leaving it as a salsa. That might be a good idea. Um, but no, I blend it up and okay. actually, you know, I usually put it in my cure rag. Well, not the cure rag, but the um ninja. Oh, uh-huh. And just because okay. it's you know, it's just me, so I just make enough for a day or two and right. that's what I snack off of. And it's cool. pretty good. Yeah. 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 It sounds good. I love pretty much anything with black beans. I know they're like bitter and by themselves, I can't eat them. But when you talk about adding other things, I just mm -hmm. think it, it perfectly balances anything mm -hmm. that you're, you're yeah, adding it to. Yeah, so. yeah. And that is also full of protein and fiber too. Yes. So yeah. Beans are good. Now beans, beans don't contain any water, right? No, unfortunately. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're everything has a little bit of water, but not as much as fruit and vegetables. Gotcha. So fruit and vegetables are how we eat our water. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this chat. There was a thank lot you. of good info into this, in this, excuse me. Yeah. All right, guys, that was a great interview. And just to let you know, I did go and check and the statistic is up to 70% of women will develop just, excuse me, will develop type two diabetes within five years of having gestational diabetes. And then after five years, the rate decreases. And then after 10 years, it kind of just almost completely drops off. So you definitely, I know everyone is excited to eat their first high carb, high fat, I don't care about it type meal as soon as you give birth. But we still want to be mindful and make better choices so that we don't become part of that statistic that goes on to develop type 2 diabetes. And if you are having trouble getting support from your family and friends and your coworkers, or if you feel like maybe you're in this alone, I highly suggest that you contact Gwen either on Instagram or go to her course. I will link to that as well. I will link to both her Instagram, her course, and also to her Facebook so that you can have some additional support where you need it. Diabetes coaches are available to you and they are obviously a very necessary part of their healthcare team. So we want to take advantage of them as we need to. I'm also going to link to some recipes on the site that have high water content vegetables, like the pizza casserole, that is a winner, and the balsamic zucchini and tomatoes. Those are so delicious and they're so easy to make. And all the links can be found at thegestationaldiabetic.com forward slash three, the number three. I will have everything listed there for you guys. If you have a question or a comment that you want to add to the conversation, you can do so at the link at thegestationaldiabetic.com forward slash three down in the comment section at the very end. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I will talk to you later.